Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening. <clears throat> Welcome to Researcher 135's Community Call, Daily Talk, with your host, Rich Bernardo. This is the Saturday, June 4th, 2016 edition, and our guest tonight is going to be Jeff Sleed, the president of VanGo.com, an online buying and selling e-commerce venue that is now approximately a year old. Jeff Schleed has been guest on my show several times in the past prior to tonight, and he will be discussing the status of e-commerce tonight, as well as the uh, many aspects of e-commerce that will and I see Jeff Schleed on the phone right now. He is here on the show. Good evening, Jeff Schleed. Hello, Jeff Schleed. Hey, Rich, are you there? Good evening. This is Rich Bernardo, Daily Talk. Our guest this evening is going to be Jeff Schleed of VanGo.com, an online uh, e-commerce buying and selling menu. Good evening, Jeff Schleed. Hey, Rich. How are you doing? Doing great. That's well, good. it's been about, if I'm not mistaken, VanGo.com is now about a year old. 
Uh, nope, we uh, we went fully online in uh, 1024, whenever 1024 was. That's uh, October, October ah, 24th. So, so you're still a few months shy of a year now, I see. Yep. But yeah, you made eight, months. Lots, eight months, okay. You made lots of progress during the eight months. Tell us a little bit about what's happening. Well, we just uh, we, we started the uh, website and um, got a bunch of people to sign up and started growing, started selling items, started listing items. We got over 420,000 items listed now, I believe, um, and it's growing every day. We did some uh, advertising recently on e-commerce bites, which uh, turned a lot of a lot of new customers and a lot of new uh, sellers on the, on our site, so that helped a lot. So uh, we've got big plans for things to come. We've got a bulk editor in the works. Uh, we have a mobile app being built, but that's many, many months away because it's so expensive and so uh, very complex. Jeff, you mentioned that your vice president of VanGo.com, Bill Sullivan, will be coming on, and I think we may have him here now. Good evening, Northwest New York. Hello, Rich. This is Bill Sullivan. Welcome, Bill Sullivan. Uh, our show has just started. Jeff is just uh, updating us on the, the past uh, 10 months, uh, since uh, eight months, that is, since Vango started. Uh, Bill, tell us a little about your position as vice president and, and what's going on uh, at Vango. Okay, uh, Rich, first let me say uh, thank you very much for, for giving us these opportunities to, to talk to you and, and to be on your show once in a while. Um, your interest in Vango is, is, uh, has been important to us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, well, you're very welcome. Glad to have you on the show tonight. Okay. Um, well, I know you know quite a bit about the history of it. We've been open about seven or eight months now. Um, Jeff is kind of the technical guy. Uh, we talk every day, obviously, and I try and um, I guess uh, you would you would describe me as as the boring nuts and bolts kind of guy to the business end. Um, I make sure the server gets paid and and the insurance is paid, and the corporation is set up the right way, and, and Jeff is more of a tech guy. But it, it's been real exciting. Uh, it's been, you know, there are probably 100 times in the past two years that we've worked on it and opened that, that we could have quit um, because it, it got so complex. And, and uh, But we didn't. And, uh, and to be honest, we, we make goals all the time. And, of course, they're, they're kind of arbitrary. We, we based our goals on, on history and, and some study. Uh, and some of the goals we've met and exceeded, and and some we're we're a little behind. So we're 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 real happy, and we're just excited the way the the site is is actually working. Well, fantastic, uh, Bill. Hopefully, here soon we'll have some callers who'll have some questions. In the meantime, speaking of goals, uh, Jeff Sleet on one of the previous shows, you uh, spoke of uh, the possibility of achieving uh, one million listings by July, and didn't you just say a minute ago you're at what seven hundred twenty-four thousand now? No, we're we're at uh, four hundred and twenty-four thousand. Um, ah. I don't know. I don't know if we'll make the million million goal for July, but it's a, it's still a target. It's still within reach. Fantastic, fantastic. You have experienced phenomenal growth. Obviously, to have uh, that many items up and listing, uh, would you estimate how many buyers and sellers uh, you have? Is there have you do you have uh, any figures, any numbers available on that? Uh, we really uh, by our, our corporate bylaws, we're not allowed to. Uh, to give out any uh, specific numbers, it's uh, sure, pretty sure. much pretty much trade secret and uh, um, proprietary. So I mean, 424,000 items speaks for itself. It does. So I, it I does. That really is phenomenal. More. That is phenomenal. 
And I understand you were doing quite a bit of promotion. I know I see a lot of promotion on Facebook and many, many different groups. And I understand you have other uh, promotions going on as well. Correct. Yeah, we we do a lot of Facebook uh, posts and advertising. Uh, we just finished a, a month-long advertisement on uh, e-commerce bites, which is a, uh, a very big e-commerce uh, news site, which a lot of people know. I'm, I'm sure you know of them. And yeah, uh, yeah. we have more plans to do more advertising with them and with other companies in the future. Well, um, Bill Sullivan, uh, Jeff Sleet, we have a caller from Northeast Texas. Good evening, Northeast Texas. Uh, how are you this evening? Hello, are you there, Northeast Texas? Apparently not. Okay, if they come back on, uh, hopefully they'll have a comment or a question to make. Okay, looking forward toward the holiday season when I know e-commerce sales pick up dramatically all over the place. What are what are some of the projections or forecasts that you have for this year's Christmas season? Uh, I'll let Bill handle that one. Okay, Bill. Okay, um, uh, and Mitch, also one thing, uh, Jeff mentioned the proprietary um, aspects of the business. I can sure, say sure. that we have... Um, we have many more customers signed up than, than our goal at this time. That is one goal that, we, that we've met and exceeded. Um, Fantastic. And that's been um, pretty rewarding. But what we've done, um, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm 61 years old and, and kind of been in business my entire life, small business, not, not what we're attempting here. But I've learned the hard way and through experience that the, the marketing plan should be done at a, at a slow and steady pace. Uh, and Jeff and I talked about this before we opened the business, and that's what we're we're doing. We um, we spent some money on advertising. We we try and stay out there a little bit all the time. We're we're definitely uh, planning by early August to start beefing that up for the holiday season. Um, and we're trying to to do I, I I guess as simply as I could put it to spend the money as 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 uh, pertinently or, or as as prudently as as possible. Um, and for us uh, for our budget. Um, it, it's going to be a big deal for us between August and, and uh, December this year. We're, uh, we, we really see that as an important time. We, we're, we track our logistics all the time and um, analytics. And you can see uh, holiday weekends, um, things pick up, and, and obviously around, um, you know, between August and Christmas is, is going to be our bigger time. So we're going to, we're going to spend some money, and um, we're, we're formulating a plan. We've been, we've been talking about it for a couple of months now, um, and, and we're ready to, to go. But like I said, we'll probably wait till after the 4th of July period and then and then get started absolutely and as you know uh, e-commerce growth is uh every year picking up there's more and more people buying online all the time uh, straight across the board and, and i think all the many different e-commerce sites uh, are going to experience about particularly during uh, the holiday season uh, absolutely i i really believe they do and for us um and jeff already mentioned uh, a phone app um we would love to have a phone app up and operating by Christmas. I, I don't know that we're going to, um, but we see young people, um, you know, uh, we get a lot of feedback from young people that uh, the phone app is, is where it's at and that, you know, kind of where the future is. So so between marketing and some new apps, we're, we're going to be, over the next 10 months really, uh, spending quite a, bit of, uh, quite a bit of money for us. Well, that's terrific. That gives uh, all of the buyers and sellers on Van Gogh uh, something to definitely look forward to. Well, um, I, want, I would like both of you to, to address this. What have been some of the, the main hurdles that you've overcome during the past seven or eight months? 
Um, so, Jess, go ahead. Jess, why don't you go ahead with that? Well, some of the hurdles we uh, had to overcome were the, the, the superior, the, the unbelievable complexity of the website. Um, we had a couple of technical people who said, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. And they, I got in there and said, man, it's way over our heads. So, so they kind of bailed on us early. But uh, that was one of the things that the, the technical complexity of the site, um, the server and the server language and the server administration and is is totally new to me, and I'm learning it by the seat of my pants. And um, we get uh, uh, what they call a DDoS attacks that people try to hack us, and we've got to prevent them and stop them all the time, and it slows the server way down. And it's something that we never expected at this point of our uh, our young career. Um, the, just there's so many so many things that I can't take over our top of my head, but those were, those were two big ones that that we found. Right, right, and I'm I'm glad that that has worked out very well. Uh, Jeff Sleed, Bill Sullivan, I uh, want to welcome a caller from Central Illinois. Good evening, Central Illinois. Hi, Rich. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing this evening? Fine. Uh, I just got on the phone, so I'm I'm getting caught up. All right. Well, we are talking about VanGo.com. Uh, President uh, Jeff Sleed is here tonight, and the Vice President Bill Sullivan. And they've been discussing uh, the growth of Van Gogh over the past eight months and the uh, upcoming uh, e-commerce season that uh, we're looking at ahead. Uh, if you can talk in, in general terms, uh, what are some of the uh, promotions that you're going to be doing? Uh, I know you talked about the uh, e-commerce bots ad, and, and that's terrific. I've seen that. On a standard side, it's a great place. A lot of people who sell online and buy online go there read the articles, make comments, and so that, that's a terrific place for a target audience. What, what are some of the other audiences you're going to be targeting in the upcoming months? Um, Rich, this is Bill. I'll, I'll take that one if I can. Okay. Um, we, we know that to be a worldwide uh, company or business that we're going to have to eventually um, kind of go, go in the opposite direction of e-advertising, I'll call it, and try and get on some billboards and some television ads and some radio ads. Um, that type of marketing plan, and we and we're we're in touch with a real professional marketer. Um, she teaches at a local college, and um, you know she's been kind of mentoring us. Uh, that's something that's very expensive, and in the short run, it's not quite as as um, sensible as as what. We're doing now with with the the commerce uh, the e-commerce type ads, um, and so it sounds kind of counterintuitive. But we're going to have to spend bigger money eventually to become a worldwide presence. It's it's kind of the only way. You know, we're in 47 languages. I think we already have customers in in 15 or 20 countries. Um, we're going to have to go that route. Uh, I don't think you'll see us on the Super Bowl ads in the next year or two. But um, we're going to have to to spend some money with more traditional advertising as a supplement to what we're doing um, because uh, the, a site like this really appeals to a lot of people and we've got to get the word out in some more traditional methods. And that's, and again, we may not do that by this Christmas, but by next holiday season, we, we will be doing that. That's kind of our, our year and a half plan. And in effect, one aspect of that is to increase brand awareness. Absolutely. And, and our marketer has told us that um, we, we have, um, We've gotten some great response on the logo and the brand name. Everybody 
then we, the cheese says, oh, we love the logo and, and we like the brand, but uh, you're right. We, we have to get the branding out. That's, um, that's modern marketing. And, and Jeff and I are learning this again also by the season of our pants, but that's, that's where we're headed. So we're going to have to do a mix of, of, com, of um, commerce type advertising and traditional. Absolutely. I want to compliment you guys on the logo and on even the small touches. A few months back, Jeff sent me some of the coffee mugs and my customers here at my brick and mortar comment on them and I use them very often and, and have them prominently out and displayed and that way the video Good, goes thank you, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Hello. Are you going to at some point uh perhaps uh, do more in terms of, you mentioned billboards, maybe even bumper stickers uh, in certain areas, and, and I'm sure print advertising will be part of this, and, and at some point, some type of television advertising as well. Yeah, absolutely. Probably more on the uh, cable end than the, your uh, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS type stations, because they're just, those are astro- astronomical costs in those those things, but uh, cable reaches a lot of people, and, and uh you can get to you can really get to your target audience. I mean, if you were a garden store, you would go on the Home Garden Channel. You know, that would be your target audience. So we uh, have to do a little bit more research on which cable channels would be uh, more pertinent for what we would want to do. But uh, again, our, our professional marketing company has also told us. I mean, not only we have to get into print and and uh, radio and television, but um, they really said to us in the very beginning that. Uh, Facebook advertising right now is the best bang for the buck. I mean, it's you, the, the more money you put into Facebook, it's your, it's really, it's not the only game in town, but it's the best bang for the buck. I mean, you get most exposure from the dollars you spend there. So we will be concentrating a lot more on Facebook, even though um, there'll be more of a boosted post and advertising sponsorship posts on Facebook in the July to August to September uh, timeframe for the Christmas season because that reaches, it has the ability to reach 1.2 billion people throughout the world, which is our real target audience. So we're going to be spending a lot more time and money in, in, the, in that kind of advertising. Social media, Twitter as well, Pinterest, Instagram. Instagram starting to grow pretty good for, for buying and selling. So we're, we're looking into that as well. I would also, uh, of course, recommend... YouTube is one of the, the venues to, to put little ads and videos and, and even the explanatory how-to uh, tutorials. Uh, there's several different ones about Instagram on there and about selling online. Locals are still a lot of people promoting eBay on there with their YouTube uh, videos and Amazon and all the other different online e-commerce sites. And, and if you haven't done so, definitely uh, a few little brief videos uh acquainting people with Van Gogh and maybe a step through a how-to list an item type thing. Uh, those are very beneficial, the tutorial type thing. And you'll get a lot of views from new people who are just starting out selling online, uh, and they can learn a lot that way, and it's a good way to introduce them to your site. I, I totally agree. We're, we're going to be working on a, uh, a how-to, exactly what you said, just a like an over-the-shoulder uh, camera view of me posting and selling an item, you're listing an item, going through all the steps, and showing the different categories and how to enter your pricing. And even from the account standpoint, to uh, show a person when they sign up, look, these are the steps you should take to, to set your postage up, to set your shipping up, to set your return policy, to set all the things up in, the, in, the, uh, in your account so that when you get a sale and you get a listing, it's, it's seamless. You don't have any problems. Um, we have, it's not a big problem, but we, I do have 
uh, a few cases with people who sign up and the first thing they do is they just bang all of their listings online and then they haven't set up their payment. They haven't set up their shipping. They haven't set up their things. And people try to buy stuff and they're like, well, how come nobody's buying it? They're not this. They're not, they're not doing that. Well, and I'm like, I have to tell them and go explain to them, hey, you didn't set your PayPal account up. You didn't set your Stripe account up. You didn't set your shipping up. You didn't set this up. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a learning curve for the, the, the new seller and buyer as well as it is for us to uh, create these tutorials for them. So it's, uh, it's all in the works, and everybody has to remember that uh, the uh, the big guys got uh, 15, 20-year leads on it. So they're, they're, uh, they have developed this stuff over the years. I mean, back in the early 90s when I was on eBay, they didn't have shipping. They didn't print shipping labels. I mean, it was all... You contacted the person, you made up your shipping, you sent them a bill, and, you know, you hoped you got paid. But uh, that's, now it's all seamless for them because they've been doing it for 20 years. And they've got all those little things figured out that we're, we're jumping through, we're, we're, we're getting through those hoops. But uh, it's uh, taking us a, a little longer than we'd like. But, again, we want to do it right, and we're going to get it done so that people can understand. So that's where we're kind of at. I had a question. Uh, I was wondering, I missed the first part of the show, the introduction, but I was wondering, what was the hardest part of uh, setting up VanGo.com? I would say the hardest part was uh, creating the program and getting everything to work together. Um, we've got 14 different uh, payment programs, uh, basically credit card processors like Stripe and PayPal and no checks, and each one of them has a different what they call an API, which is how you put their program into your program. And so you have to seamlessly merge 14 different programs from 14 credit card companies that all have a different way of they like, ways that they like to attack a problem, and you have to make them all work seamlessly in your program. And then with the listings and with the shipping, with, the, with getting FedEx and UPS and the, the United States Post Office, all have different APIs and trying to merge all this into one thing, putting 47 languages together. So that it'll translate and <laughs> it sounds you know, like just, a nightmare. <laughs> oh, it was, it was the, the, like I, I said earlier in the show. The first technical people we talked to said, "Oh, yeah, this is a piece of cake. It's not a problem." And they they, they looked at it and got into it and said, "Boy, this is a lot tougher than we thought." So, oh my, it's, it's a pretty massive program. It sounds like it, Jeff. You uh, in a previous show talked about uh, a global audience and, and I see that you have a, a Facebook group uh, Van Gogh uh, Worldwide without giving any specific numbers because you talk a little bit about your penetration into other countries uh, how uh, what your global reach is um, I, I, to my answer if I'd have known ahead of time I could have told you the number of the countries that we have sellers from it's well into the 15, 20, 25 country range I'm guessing it might even be higher um, I, I tell Bill every time we get a, a new person from Malaysia or Thailand or Vietnam, I say, hey, somebody from Vietnam just signed up. Hey, somebody from China just signed up. Hey, somebody from India just signed up. It, it's really fun kind of from me, from the administration, because I get to see where they're from <laughs> and see where they're signing up from. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. So if, if I'd have known, I could have given you a lot more in-depth on what, uh, what countries we're, we're getting users from. Bill, you may be able to address some of that. Are you are you a uh, part of the uh, global marketing process as well? well yes, and um, like Jeff said, we we usually have fifteen or twenty countries with customers. One thing I would add too is 
uh, they all seem to be selling things. I mean, they all seem to be pretty successful at it. Um, we we did list in in 47 languages, and um, you know something that your caller asked about a minute ago. What was one of the difficulties? The language thing was very difficult, and amazes me how well it works. So we're we're kind of set up. I don't want to say for every country on the planet, but but pretty darn close. I mean, there aren't there aren't too many um, users that if they wanted to come to us couldn't get a language where they could where they could um, communicate and get started. And the other thing is um, the proprietary nature of all these um, things that we've done, the the language barriers and the um, different countries and and um, the software that Jeff talked about setting so many programs up. We've gone ahead and uh, licensed everything as we go, which has been very expensive. Uh, in other words, uh, to protect ourselves, and uh, that's another real, real um, foothold that we think we have in the business because it's very difficult to do that, and 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 we've done quite a bit of it. So I I would say that we've kind of we really thought the languages were important, and um, we heard many uh, kind of horror stories about how how difficult it is, and we've been pleasantly surprised. Um, the, the language has not been a real barrier in it. Well, I guess it is kind of fun to uh, to have a dealer actually selling something from from China or Germany or Vietnam or something. So so that's working, and that was one thing that we were really kind of nervous about early on. Well, and there's some very sophisticated uh, translation software out there that I'm sure is taking care of a lot of this rather quickly. There is. Uh, we found out, kind of on a lighthearted note, that um, if you t- punch in... Um, search for a red shirt in China, there's about six different words to do it, um, and uh, some of them don't mean what <laughs> what they do in English. So um, so it, it is sophisticated, and it's challenging, and my hat's off to whoever wrote the software. Um, I know Mark Cuban's company, one of his companies, is heavily involved in some of this language software, uh, but it's it's fascinating. For, for a non-tech person like myself, it's fascinating to see. I, I've learned a lot more about, about language and code and and programming than I ever wanted to know in the last 12 months. But uh, it's a fascinating part of, of really, of, of the World Wide Web, this, this language translation. And it is working for us. And like I said, it's, it's, it's interesting how successful many of them are. They're buying and selling things pretty quickly, you know, right off the bat. Well, and another aspect that I know it's helped greatly is that many of the payment payment processors are, are global. And so that PayPal, I guess, many, many different countries have that, and, and you offer a number of other payment options as well that I, I would assume many, many European countries and other nations and other parts of the world even, uh, you're able to integrate that into uh, the selling process as well. Yeah, that was real important to Jeff when we set up the business. He said, and, and obviously he's right, he said we have to make it, uh, we have to, you know, um, Currency translates also, and and we our our software does that. Um, but he was insistent that, that we could do that, or we wouldn't really have a business. You know, we we couldn't cut out three billion of the of, of the people on the planet. So um, he kind of really insisted on that, and it's working real well. Um, they they have a the, uh, the customers seem to like the payment options, and again, like Jeff said, we don't tell them what to do or or how to run their business or how to charge or whatever. But they love the fact uh, that we have so many payment options. Yeah, and just just a note on the currency conversion. We we update the currency conversion for every country uh, once an hour because the currency values change and it, it makes a difference in the in the uh, in the valuation of an item, a particular item. So I mean, we, once an hour we update that. I'm sure some people may do it more, but we figured once an hour would be plenty. But uh, that was a whole other thing to uh, watch the global currency market and 
pull those numbers into our currency converter and and uh, and make it function. And Rich, that's really a. Uh, uh to protect the customers on, on both sides. That's why another reason Jeff insisted on that. It, uh, otherwise, you could literally get um, speculators, you know, on, on items and currency. So, that, so that's been um, they appreciate that too. I think. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a very very good safety safety device for for both sides, the buyer and the seller. One of the yeah. things. To, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rich. No, that's okay. Well, one of the things that I think is a very important aspect of all this is safety. And I know he mentioned the attempted hackings, and, and that's something that's happened at eBay. Obviously, you will have numerous uh, protection measures in place to, to keep uh, hackers out, and, and I'm sure that's something that you've been quite successful in, in fending off. Yeah, we're, we're, we uh, do a lot with the, uh, the software to prevent the hackers, but one thing, uh, again, this was one of the things that I stressed from the beginning is we don't carry anyone's credit card information or any of that kind of stuff. So if a hacker does happen to get into our site, they're going to get your name and your email, and that's about all they can get to. Um, I suppose they could if they wanted to. They could uh, make some false sales and buy some false stuff, but that would that's all easily, you know, that can be easily cleaned up. Whereas if they hack your credit card, we got big problems, and we're going to have, you know, you'll have big problems with getting your money back and all that kind of stuff. But since we don't take credit card numbers, you don't have to, you know, put anything on our account. We bill you by the month. You pay us um, with your method of payment. You can send us a check. You can send us some money or you can pay with PayPal, pay with Stripe. You can pay us however you want to pay us based on, you know, what we accept as far as uh, as payment methods. So uh, I, I, that was one thing I stressed in the beginning of the company was we don't want to keep people's credit card numbers. We don't want to have any of that access to that because it's just too big of a, draw for hackers to attack us. Well, we're a small company. We don't, I'm sure, like Mark Cuban and his uh, broadcast.com, I'm sure they spend billions of dollars on anti-theft. But since we don't have very valuable things to steal <laughs> other than somebody's T-shirt or hat, um, I don't think we're going to have as big a problem with it. But that's where I'm at. Speaking in, in broad general terms, uh, and, and either one or both of you can address this, what are some general trends or directions that you see in online commerce in terms of product uh, uh, popularity? You know, what seems to be selling well online? Uh, fashion and clothing, electronics, of course, are, are the two items that pop into mind. But what are some of the other things you see uh, growing in e-commerce online? Um, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, your, your, your clothing, electronics is, that's that's the bulk of your your bulk of your sales. Um, uh, we we'd like to get into the antique end and collectibles end more. That's really where I kind of grew up in uh, in my business and in the antiques and collectibles business. But uh, that that'll come, and uh, we we see sales in that as well. But um, but your your consumer goods, shippable goods. I mean, obviously we're not going to ship tractors and and uh, drill presses and things like that, even though we might have some online. But it, that's not a real target market. Your target market is uh, your, your shippable items, you know, things that you don't have to send by freight. So I don't really – personally, I haven't seen a big pattern of growth in any one particular area. It's, it's across the board pretty much even for what I've seen on our site anyway. Absolutely. 
what are some of the forecasts uh, for the immediate future, say for July and August? Do you, do you have any general uh, things you can, without getting into numbers, uh, just some general uh, observations you can make? As far as general, what, what are you looking for? Uh, I mean, we, we, had a, we talked, you know, a few back, a few shows back about the uh, the million mark, and you said you're at 400,000. Uh, do, do you have sort of a base rate of growth, maybe uh, how many items uh, of increase is taking place? I know, I know you're picking new people up, new sellers every every day and every week. Right. Well, a million million item goal for uh, for July is, is still in place. I don't know if we'll make it there. Um, right after Christmas, there our, our sales and our um, membership just grew phenomenally. And then, you know, we hit the the, the, the spring, July, February, I'm sorry, February, March doldrums when it's just nobody's doing nothing. It's cold, it's snowy in general for the people up north, not for the people down in Texas way. Right, Rich? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, it slows down a lot. Commerce slows down. You know, the, the after Christmas rush is gone, and then things start building up again. So uh, um, we we still, like I said, we still have a million million uh, a million listing goal. Um, we don't like to brag about how much how much value. I know some of the sites out there. If you go to their their homepage, they tell you that we've got you know 4.6 million dollars or 4.6 billion dollars worth of items listed. Well, for us that means nothing. I mean, just uh, I could list uh, one item for a billion dollars and say, "Oh, woo, we got a billion dollars worth of items listed," but it, it wouldn't mean anything to uh, how much business you're actually doing. Um, as far as other goals, I mean, we want to have—I'd like to have a million customers by July. It's not going to happen, but it—it it goes in—it's it, kind of funny. It goes in spurts. Um, I have access to a live feed where I can see people when they're logged in from all over the world. And sometimes I'll look up and there's, oh, there's one person on. I'm like, wow, it's kind of slow, right? Saturday night, kind of slow. And then I'll look back five minutes later and there'll be nine or ten people online. I'm like, what? What happened? Why did nine or ten people all decide to get on the site at the same exact time? And it's funny. It ebbs and flows like that. And our memberships uh, for new people, new buyers, and new sellers does the same thing. I mean, some days we only get five or ten. Other days I'll get 20, 30 in a day. And I'm like, wow, what What happened? What where did I? What did I do that day that caused all these people to find us? And uh, if I could ever figure that out, I'd, I'd really run this place pretty well. But uh, it's still kind of a guessing game for us. So that, that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, there's still somewhat of a mystery element in uh, in all of it, you know, in, in googling and in Facebook and in, in what it's, and, and sometimes the tipping point is reached where, where something just sort of enough people seem to be talking about it that all of a sudden it happens. That happens in my Facebook groups where suddenly, and it might be after I've done a Twitter or two sometimes, 20, 30 people will join. Or maybe I'll go into a new group and I'll mention my group, and then all of a sudden 10 or 15 people will come over and join in a very short period of time. You've seen that there on former eBay sellers. I'm yeah. sure you've seen that at some of the Van Gogh groups. So, so different things trigger it, and then you, you'll have the sudden burst of, of growth. Exactly, I've seen that on uh, your your former eBay sellers sites, and I was just like, wow, people just were signing up left and right, and it was kind of fun. And the same thing happens with us. It's just some days it's just crazy, and I'm like, boy, I wish I knew what happened. And then other days it's kind of dead and slow, and I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder what you know. Is it just because it's Monday morning? Is it because it's Wednesday night? You could never tell. So it's it, it's it's all a learning experience, and it's really fun. 
Another thing, and this is somewhat time-intensive, of course, and I know you've done a little of it, or maybe you have somebody there in the company that can also do it, or Bill may have someone, and that's to go into blogs all over the Internet and mention VanGo.com, you know, in the context of a conversation, whether it's one of the stock market conversations about eBay or maybe it's a stock market article about PayPal or whatever, and then you address the issue that's being discussed, but during the course of your paragraph or your sentence, you may to squeeze in a mention of VanGo in there, and you'd be surprised, uh, you know, how much new attention you can get from that sort of thing, just kind of a subtle form of advertising. I, I, yeah. I agree totally. It's just that that's very – very time-consuming to do yeah. things like that, which I'm sure you know, Rich. So Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've, I've got my hands full right now. I mean, not that I couldn't do it. I do some of it, but uh, just running the website day-to-day and keeping the people happy and answering questions and uh, doing all that kind of stuff keeps me pretty pretty busy. Not that it wouldn't be important, and it's not that, uh, you know, I think we should have somebody doing that. So if anybody out there in the TV audience wants to do that for yes, low, low exactly. pay and a lot of a lot of admiration. We'll, we'll we'll gladly talk with you. By the way, uh, one of your very early people who signed up very early on at Van Gogh, you may be familiar with her. She's been on a couple of our shows, too. Uh, she's even been on Asking You Questions before. And that's Becky Glackenbutzko, and she's in the chat room now, and she says to you, Hello, Jeff. I'm so glad you're doing well with Van Gogh. It's a great auction site. Uh, good luck with your million-dollar item goal. That is phenomenal. I believe you will continue to grow by being great to your customers, both buyers and sellers. And I think Becky said it all. That's really the key there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've known Becky for the last seven, eight months now. She was one of our uh, our beta testers and uh, helped us out, you know, spotting uh, things that were going right, spotting things that were going wrong, things she liked, she things she didn't like. So, uh it, it's all the rich. You were a, a beta tester back when we first uh, put this together. So it was, and I have uh, a, a, a stable of items on there now. And, of course, you know, I'm spread very thin just like you are with a whole bunch of different projects. But I'm regularly posting items on there and relisting items that I've already had on there and so on and so forth. Yes, Absolutely. And Becky comes back and says, you definitely are on the right track. And I would agree with that. I think having all the different payment options and staying away from all of the negative things that brought uh, eBay down in terms of, of small seller appeal, and y'all have completely avoided a lot of those pitfalls that, that eBay fell right into. Right. That's uh, even, and now I see, uh, you know, by virtue of all the articles I read on uh, the Internet that, uh, that Etsy and Amazon are going down the same path as eBay for the most part, which I don't know why they're doing it, but uh, um, I just think it hurts it hurts the sellers. Um, so, so we're we're trying to avoid that. We're trying to to, to let our sellers and buyers, you know, run their own business. Or essentially, our sellers let them run their own business. They know more about their business than we'll ever know. So, why would we tell them? I right. think that some aspects of it sometimes, Jeff. It's just a misguided uh, corporate thinking where they think what they're doing is right for the site, but they're alienating their small user customer base, and that's what happened at eBay. I don't see that ever happening at Van Gogh. I, I don't think you guys are going to lose lose touch with your original uh, small buyer and seller base. Right. We're, we're never going to. I mean, that's 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 one of the things that I said when we started this was that eBay lost sight of who their customer is eBay and Amazon are all focusing on the buyer. 
and their real customer is the seller because that's where they get their commissions. That's where they make their money. So both Bill and I have been in business a a lot, different kinds of businesses throughout our, our, for me, 40 years in business and for Bill about 40, 45 years in business. And we know who our customer is, and that's that is basically the seller. You keep the keep the sellers happy; they'll keep the buyers happy, and then everybody's happy. Becky Glack and Butchko, uh, Jeff has another comment here in the uh, chat room. She says it's best to leave a small seller have control of their lives. Well, obviously, she says that is why they are selling online to have control of what they do. And I think one of the mistakes that was made with eBay, of course, they tried to start micromanaging everybody. And uh, so Becky is uh, telling you, hey, way to go, Jeff, on this. You were right. Uh, and and so we're very glad to have Becky there in the chat room. Right. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. <laughs> I was, Becky, Becky can. Can Becky hear us? Yeah, she can hear us, right? Yeah, she can. She, she's in the chat room now uh, commenting that way uh, because she's in a, as I understand it, her environment isn't really conducive to her being, on the phone with us tonight, although she is more than welcome to to call back in, you know, when it is. And uh, anytime she wants to to be part of these uh, shows, of course, she can and call in her questions. But that's great that she's uh, hosting her comments and questions here in the chat room. That's terrific. Right. Well, I just want to make sure she could hear the answers. Otherwise, I would have to type them in for her. She's hearing you and she's responding. In fact, if she just said, I can hear you, I just can't talk on the phone. And again, right. you know, her media environment right now, it's, it's better for her to, uh, to be in the chat room, she says. That's great. All right. Uh, tell me uh, some of the feedback that you're getting from some of your buyers and sellers. Tell me what some of the users of Van Gogh have been saying. Uh, Bill or Jeff, either one of you can address that. Well, I've, the feedback that I've received is just that we're, we have a fantastic site. Um, they love it. They love the ease of use. They like the fact that we're going to stay out of their business and not micromanage them. The buyers find the site very easy to use. Um, when they buy something, the payment comes right up. Um, we we want to work on our shipping label end so we can print shipping labels like everybody does. But uh, that's just another thing that has to be seamlessly integrated in with FedEx, UPS, and the Postal Service to uh, integrate it into our system. So that's uh, another project we have. It, it, it's being worked on, but we have so many projects being worked on. Our developers are are kind of uh, over their head right now. So, uh, but uh, the, the feedback's been great. I mean, everybody likes it. Everybody tells their friends, and and like you said, at some point we're going to hit the tipping point where where this is going to just take off on its own, and I'll be scrambling around trying to. Hold on with both hands. Right. And you will reach that tipping point where all of a sudden there is that burst of uh, phenomenal growth because you're growing so much right now with just uh, the advertising that you have been doing and just the word of mouth that at a certain point uh, it will just simply take off. I, I predict that. That could hit at any time. You know, it could be next month, could be a few months from now. It may very well happen during the holiday season even, which would be fantastic, of course. That would be that would be super. And this is what Becky has to say about that. She says she lo- she loves that you can sell ebooks there on Van Gogh, and uh, she says you will get it all together and it will grow to be huge. And from what I'm seeing, I definitely agree with what Becky has to say. Right. Yeah. That's, I until I think it was Becky. 
uh, was the first one that kind of introduced me to the uh, the ebook world, and um, I did some research on it. And Amazon controls a huge part, like 85, 90% of all ebooks that are sold, and they charge the authors just amazing amounts of percentages. I mean, I don't I don't think 30% is is the low end of what eBay or Amazon charges you to to sell your ebook, and because they control the market, I guess people just suck it up and say, "Hey, that you know, that's where I can sell it. That's why I'm gonna I'm gonna pay it." So uh, we would like well, to. I want to confirm what you just said and agree with it. But like it or not, whenever I came out with uh, my book one year ago, back in March of 2015, Noise: The Decline and Fall of eBay and American Economic Juggernaut, in which I was trying to expose uh, the many ills bad policies, uh, bad practices that were going on at corporate eBay toward the small sellers. At that time, Amazon was the easiest, quickest way for me to get my ebook published, and I wanted to get it published and get it out. And I wasn't real happy with the split either that you're talking about, the percentage, right. the way they divided up. But uh, it was the easiest, quickest way at that time to go ahead and get the book out. And, of course, it's still there. And I talked to a, a, another lady that you've uh, – talked to before in one of our previous shows and she calls in occasionally and she lives up uh, in the Ohio area, Michigan, Ohio area. She wrote a book on how to quit smoking about five years ago and published it as an e-book on Amazon and she's still getting sales five years later, four or five, six books, you know, every month will sell on how to quit smoking. So once you get it on there, it is sort of permanent. Now they do have different contracts available where at this point you can leave Amazon and begin to offer your ebook on other venues if you want. But that first year, you more or less have an exclusive, uh, or let's just say Amazon has an exclusive on on your work for that first right. year. They uh, they don't really allow you to uh, sell and promote your ebook outside of Amazon during that first year. At, at any rate, uh, it is definitely a, a place to start for anyone who is an ebook publisher, and, and it's terrific what Becky's saying, that Mango is one of the places that... Uh, Someone can market uh, market their their ebook. Right, I have a uh, uh, there's a site on there on the internet called Scavenger Life, and they're uh, it's a young couple that uh, I think they're in uh, New York or Connecticut or something, and they have a site website where they post about their sales. They have a couple of uh, stores, and they do videos on what sells and what doesn't sell, and and they have quite a following, actually. We've done some advertising on there. Got a lot of a lot of sellers from them. But uh, they just started experimenting with uh, Amazon FBA, which is uh, uh, what do they call it? Something uh, shipped by Amazon FBA. I forget what FBF stands for, but uh, fulfilled by Amazon. That's what it stands for. And uh, they they sold. I can't remember the last month about 135 items, but Amazon split was 39.7 of their money off the gross. And I was like, holy smokes, 39.7%. If somebody paid me 39.7%, I'd list the item for you and I'll ship it for you if you want to pay me 40%. So that uh, was kind of funny. It is, it is. And, and touching briefly upon Amazon as well, although there are many sellers who migrate over there from eBay, Amazon has a lot of draconian rules. So they also like to micromanage. And uh, they may not have some of the, the the same bad rules toward small sellers that eBay does, but they're different. In other words, they simply come at you in a different way, but it still doesn't give you the freedom and control of your business uh, as a small seller that Van Gogh does. 
So once again, another plus for Van Gogh. Right. That's 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 one of was one of our goals when we started this whole deal, and that was one of our uh, we, we felt it's going to be a good foothold and a good uh, uh, a, a good area to um, advertise and to hold tight on because it's such a great thing for the seller. You know, it's uh, it's a great selling point, as as they say. Hey, Rich. This is Bill. Can I um, could I uh, step in for just a second? Absolutely, Bill. I, I just wanted to say, um, and again, I'm I'm the business guy and not the tech guy. Uh, our mission statement and our, I mean, it's important that that we know what these other companies are doing, and, and of course, as competitors, we track them. But our mission statement for the corporation, I just want to make this clear if there are listeners out there, uh, we we're we're not disparaging any other companies. We realize that you know some of the great things these companies have done for for buyers and sellers over the years. And we want to be a part of it, a little, a little bit different. I mean, we're kind of going after a target of, of, to begin with, smaller sellers. But we don't mean in any way to disparage any of these companies for their practice. I mean, they, they have their business plan. They've been, you know, very successful. We're, we're the next guy. You know, we're trying to be kind of the next guy in line and not um, – I, I just want to make that clear. We are, we're not criticizing or, uh, or disparaging any other company for their, their practices. We are learning from them. And it would be it would be imprudent not to to study them. Of course, um, there are competitors, and and we do study them a lot. But uh, and we've gotten a lot of good information from them too. But uh, that's kind of how we got started, uh, as 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 filling a, a void, let's say, rather than rather than just saying, oh, these companies are terrible. They're not. I mean, they they do some great things too. Um, obviously, some things have gone awry over the years, and that's kind of why we we stepped in and 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 did this. Absolutely, Bill, and thank you for clarifying that and for pointing that out. Uh, to offer small sellers a, another option, uh, because, you know, not everybody, as they say, not all uh, one size doesn't fit all in e-commerce because different people have different needs. They have different lines of merchandise and different, obviously, different venues operate in different ways, some of which may be more conducive uh, for some sellers than for others. So you're offering an alternative site, and, and I think that's terrific. It's a big, big playing field out there. E-commerce is going to continue to grow, and there's definitely room for many, many, many players to be successful. Uh, sure, you know, absolutely. Yep. Yep. The ironic thing, too, Rich, is that um, while we're going after this market, I've been in contact with some bigger users who are waiting for us to, I mean, kind of the feeling out there is when you get a million items, let us know. Um, I had a conversation with a guy who worked at Target about um, they could see the beauty of coming to Van Gogh and selling their items for a 5% commission, which is our commission rather than larger commissions, but we're not ready for them yet, which, which is fine. But I really see kind of a vision for the future where big sellers could come in and join our site, and some are, are interested now that we have import buttons and better technology, and that would really help the, the smaller sellers too because it brings more. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm new to the tech site, but when you watch these analytics, the bigger players will bring more and more browsers to our site, and that absolutely helps everyone. I, I, I'm fascinated to see that our low end and our high item uh, and uh, high end items, they all get browsed. I mean, there's someone interested in in looking at all 425,000 items. So it's, it's kind of a, again, it's exciting that the, the big players, they're waiting until we hit that, that million items. That seems to be the consensus. And if we can get some of them to come in, and uh, it'll it, there's no question that will help the smaller uh, uh, buyers and sellers, uh, no doubt in my mind, just having having access to more items uh, at, at lower costs. 
Well, absolutely. By that same logic, uh, another analogy would be the, the old early malls that became very popular during the 70s and 80s, and there's still lots of malls around, though, though even that is changing. You know, the world's changing constantly as far as uh, retailing goes. One of the things that the early malls found is that by having an anchor store, a JCP exactly. or a Sears, it would bring more people to the mall, and then while they're there, they'll shop all the other shops. So that's what's happening. I see what you're saying. The small sellers benefit from all of the additional traffic. So that's a great analogy, Rich. That that the uh, the anchor store. That that's exactly yeah. I wish I could have said it that way myself. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things Becky points out, and I agree with this, and I'm sure both of you will too, uh, Jeff and Bill. Uh, the more places a seller is online, the better chance for someone to have a sale. And uh, she says again, and this is talking to Van Gogh, you will get there. She says, uh, I better get my stuff listed and get you up to that million items. And Becky has a lot of jewelry, as you may know, and she likes other items, too. And uh, she also has uh, some Facebook groups, which, which help promote uh, Van Gogh and help promote her items as well. Yeah, that, that's great for us, and, and we appreciate all that, obviously. Um, and, and the next thing for us, um, uh, you know, the Facebook is great. I, I think we're going to have to uh, – and Jeff's already started um, – the process of um, of writing SEO. We're going to need some SEO experts um, for the search engine optimization, and that's all part of the marketing plan. But um, yeah, like you said earlier at the beginning of the show, um, the marketing and, and advertising plan is, is is crucial to to kind of keep the ball rolling for us. Absolutely. Well, you know, just like the Google AdWords, and uh, again, keywords uh, that, that are helping search uh, on your SEO. Like you can type in a given item on Google and say it'll bring up six or eight or ten, show you the picture and the price and show you where they are. And, of course, obviously a lot of the big guys will come up, the Amazon and the eBay. But I think over time uh, with the right SEO, you know, you'll, you'll be pulling up Van Gogh, you'll be pulling up Bonanza, you know, lots of different sites that have that particular item at a compatible or competitive price will pop up as well. Yeah, yeah, that, and we're starting to see some of that right now on a, on a small scale. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, this is something interesting. This is a suggestion that Becky's making. You may or may not already have, have thought about this, but it might be something to look into. Uh, she says, I got an idea. How about offering Salvation Army the chance to come online? Goodwill has their site. Uh, she says, you can get them on, too. That could be an interesting anchor store. So uh, that's, that's an idea from Becky. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, never really thought of that. Yeah, I think that would be good too. And because it's uh, Goodwill and Salvation Army, if I could get the uh, the business guy to give them a really low commission, like free, it would probably really entice them to come on our side. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have a meeting about that, Jeff, and we'll we'll take a vote next week. <laughs> oh, you know what the old saying goes that you know you'll make it up in volume by pulling all, all the the new right. people do. <laughs> Well, when is your next big uh, advertising blitz, or do you have one planned, uh, you know, for the coming months? Well, uh, like, uh, it, it won't come out before uh, mid-August. Okay. Um, there, there's, um, again, we're trying to be strategic with our money, but um, we'll, we'll probably do one near the end of August. And uh, I, I think what Jeff wants to do, and I'm, I'm agreeing with him, is um, that, that we should pretty much do it constantly from the end of August through through New Year's um, to give ourselves the best shot. We're going to have to bite the bullet a little bit and spend 
spend some money um, and, and kind of a constant flow from, you know, late August through through New Year's. Right. Yeah, we don't we don't want to spend a lot of money advertising. I mean, not that it wouldn't be helpful, but we don't want to blow our budget in July, June, July, when people are outdoors. They're, they're out water skiing. They're out boating. They're having picnics. They're doing all the things you do in summer. When school gets back exactly. in August, school, exactly, you know, yeah. the school comes back to session, people are home a lot more. So right now we don't want to – it's kind of a lull. It's good and bad. We don't want to not do it, but we want to save it for when it's going to count the most. Absolutely. Yeah, Rich, our, our marketing expert has, has told us just that, that um, the, the best way to spend our money is when um, around the country when school gets back in session. Uh, not only millennials are looking, but parents are, are looking for things, and, and commerce, e-commerce picks up then. Absolutely. Central Illinois, uh, do you have a question? Uh, no, not really. I've just been listening and taking it all in. Uh, okay. Sounds like uh, what what you guys are doing is is really good, and hopefully you'll give Amazon a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if we're going to be able to take down Amazon or eBay. I mean, I just I, it would be it would be a huge goal. It'd be a feather in our caps to do it, but um, eBay is so established. Amazon is so established. They're twenty year corporations. Uh, we we could be a hundred times the size we are. Two years from now, and we still aren't going to be close to to taking them down. So, but there's right, it's a right, huge right. market. It's a huge marketplace out there. I mean, there's room for all of us. I mean, there's stores. Oh, yeah. there's price and it's Absolutely. growing. It's growing all the time. I I notice all around me, and I, I'm from Illinois. I notice all around me, and even up into the Chicago area, that malls are closing up everywhere. And of course, that's true all over the country. So people people are, I think not really forced, but people would prefer to shop online anymore. It is very convenient. Right. And a great point about, know, about just, the malls. Yeah, that is, that, that's an excellent point. And one of our engineers, who's a younger guy, has told us that it's future, according to, um, you know, kids coming out of college today and engineers, is is for um, for the online and, uh, and phone apps uh, buying and selling. Yeah. Right. One, yeah. In a, a very large mall in our area, um, it's, it's the largest. There's like three major malls in our area that were in a 20-minute drive uh, from where we live. Um, it's just now in the process of converting from a standard mall that you would think of with the anchor store, J.C. Penney's, to an outlet mall where they're you're bringing in all the outlet stores, the, uh, the Saks Off the Rack, the uh, factory outlet store for every company. And that's they're converting because the, the retail mall store is dying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen reports uh from, you know, like uh, Alabama, huge malls down there closed up, just basically abandoned. One report I I read about and it, to me it's a sign of the times when you can read about a mall that has something like the capacity of 130 stores just closes its doors. That's got to be that's the writing on the wall right there. If if a store if a mall can't make it in Chicago, what chance do we have here in rural Illinois with our mall? Well, and Becky from, Becky from Johnstown, Pennsylvania points out that uh, their mall there in Johnstown is dead except for the weekend. So this is definitely an excellent phenomenon, and a large part of it is the migration over to e-commerce, the ease with which uh, people can buy and sell 
online. And, and so much more of that that used to go to the brick and mortars is going in that direction. So I do see phenomenal growth for e-commerce over the next decade, definitely. I agree. Yeah, about, for uh, me, I hate to see ahead. it go because I'm the type of person that I have to try on clothes. I want to feel the cloth. I want to see the cloth. Because when you order overline, you don't really know what you're getting. And, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, most of the stuff that if I do order a blouse online or a pair of pants online, that they're going to be a poorer quality than what I can find in a store. But I don't know. I kind of see America is just starting to settle a little bit. Well, and some of it obviously is economically driven because Becky also points out but our goodwill is always busy. So that speaks volumes when the mall is dead, but the goodwill is busy. So it has to do with uh, economic times and with the, the way people are choosing to spend their money. That definitely impacts everything, brick and mortar, and, of course, online sales as well. And if they can get the best deal online, that's where they're going to buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they are a real good deals online. I found that out, but... For me, I still can't buy clothes online. I can't do that. Well, I have it's, to, it's you know, for everyone, you know, it will on. vary. It'll yeah. obviously vary yeah. from person to person, you know, according yeah. to, to your preferences, your buying preferences. We but I about, do see uh, one day that that may be about the only way they will be able to buy is online. It, like I said, in our area where I live in rural Illinois, there's virtually no stores within a 50-mile radius where you can go and buy clothing, decent clothing. I have to drive 50 miles away to buy decent clothing, and that's pretty sad. Absolutely. Well, what will happen with the clothing uh, industry is if they're not selling in the brick and mortar, they'll really have to have a, an efficient um, return system, you know, where you can uh, you buy a blouse, and if it's the wrong size or the wrong feel, to get it back to them and uh, to exchange it. And maybe that's where in the future drones will come in because they'll they'll just fly out of a warehouse. You won't be going to a brick-and-mortar store, but you can the drone will come up, pick it up, and bring you a new one in the next 10 minutes. Who knows? Yeah, and all the way around, everybody saves money. Everybody, the sellers, right. the buyers, everybody saves money. They don't have to transport the clothes to you know, the different outlets or to the different stores or whatever, you know, they would probably be kept in a central location and the customer doesn't even have to leave their home. So I can see where, you know, we are going in that direction where, you know, more and more and more people will be and are buying online. And maybe they'll standardize the industry more where, where sizing is much more standard. I mean, I, I know myself, I can wear... Sneakers anywhere from size nine and a half to size eleven. It all depends on the brand. And if somebody yeah. would fix that, so I know that a ten would fit me every time. I would buy a ten yeah. different brand. And see, that's but, even you know that's even worse for women. You know, right. not necessarily in in shoes, but in you know blouses or pants or whatever. You know, every brand size is different. So that's why you know an awful lot of people still like to try on clothes. I agree. That's why I said they might have to, uh, it might be a movement in the industry to standardize sizing. So they may have to put some more parameters in other than, you know, length and girth. They have to put in, you know, you know inseam, outseam. I don't even know what numbers they would use, but they would, they're, they're going to have to figure it out, I guess. Who knows? 
Very good point. Well, folks, we have about five minutes left on the show, so I would like to turn to, to Bill and Jeff both, and if you have a final comment that you'd like to make to our listeners about VanGo.com, what would that final comment be? Go ahead, Bill. Well, um, uh, again, Rich, uh, not to repeat myself, but thank you very much for having us on the show tonight. Um, we really appreciate this. This uh, it's a pleasure, this and thank you for being on. Um, I would say, um, and it kind of goes back to what the caller from Illinois just said, um, not just e-commerce, but commerce in the world is changing. It's a changing world. Um, it, it's heading towards companies like like Van Gogh and, and what we're doing and where we're going to try and make a difference. And it's the only thing we've been doing for, like Jeff said, for 45 years is customer service. Um, we can come up with the greatest technology in the world, and, and we pay for it through the nose, and, and we try and buy the best technology in the world. But without customer service, it's uh, it, it's all just it's all just uh, talk, you know. Uh, and Jeff has done a tremendous job. And, and again, we're a small business still, but um, I know for a fact that I, I read some of the emails that customers are shocked and happy that he'll a human being will answer them within a 24-hour period, which the bigger companies don't. So I would say for us it's going to be customer service or it's not going to work. And thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, Bill. And all our listeners out there, www.vangoe.com. Come on there, shop, browse, list your items, buy. It's a 24-7 Internet sale. And, again, I want to thank both of you, Bill Sullivan and Jeff Sleet, for being here on the show, and I want to wish everyone a fantastic evening. Good night. Good night, Rich. Thank you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.